Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. My next guest, Megan Williams, is a wife, mom of two, and an award-winning author, a producer, and the CEO of the self-publishing agency. Megan credits making it to this point in her life, doing all of these incredible things to a few key decisions. She first had to think about the ideas that she had and then had to decide if she would be okay letting them remain unlived. If the answer was no, she then decided that even if she didn't know the how, she would just have to figure it out along the way. Another important but hard decision she would have to make was what friendships would remain and what ones she would have to let go of. Both hard but crucial decisions that would play such a key role in her journey. Megan's publishing company plays such an important role in helping her clients' dreams of becoming a published author come true. And one of the things that sets her agency apart is that clients get to be in the driver's seat while having access to a team of professionals. So I can't wait to dive into all the details of Megan's story and share her with you. Hey, Megan, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Nice to see you or talk to you anyways, to a fellow storyteller and somebody who likes to get other people's stories out into the world. I'm so excited to dive in because I feel like your story is just so full of these like incredible aha inspiring perspective shifting things that you've went through that are just going to be so powerful for our listener here today. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't know if anybody is living their regular lives thinking that they're inspiring, but when you have it uh, regurgitated back to you in a concentrated introduction like that, you're like, oh, that sounds interesting. Who's that person? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I guess I want to start here. So in the intro, I highlighted a few important decisions you had to make that led you down this path. So let's start with the first. So what ideas were in the runnings of either being pursued or of being put to rest? Um, when it comes to my work or what, in, in which genre of our my life could I speak to? <laughs> well, the ones, any that specifically come up when you're thinking about if you were to, to leave this left unlived, would you be okay with it or not? When you had to kind of decide... I guess what you were going to pursue, it could be in business and life or whatever area. Mm -hmm. Were there any things that you were pondering or considering that you, you were okay laying some down and then ones that you're like, no, I, I don't know how the how, but I know that I can't just like, let this go. Well, I've got sort of two immediate thoughts that come to mind, and one of them is one that still haunts me a little bit. Um, that I didn't, uh, that I I didn't pick up when the opportunity was there for me. So I um, I was on a tennis scholarship and uh, finished my my bachelor's down in the states. Um, and it was in my final year while well, I was at the at Jacksonville University in Florida and we were doing some dry dry land training or just like off court training and we were on the track um doing workouts and uh the track and field coach asked my tennis coach if I had any plans after I was done my eligibility for tennis and wondered if I would be open to pursuing like to be on the track team, possibly for if I wanted to do my master's, I could possibly be eligible to do it on a track scholarship. And at the time, I was really, I was starting to like fatigue from being away from home and just kind of ready to get back to the West Coast. And I didn't entertain that idea any further. Like I, I was flattered by it, but I didn't entertain it. Whereas other 
members on my team did stay on to do their masters at the time. I came home and I, to this day, like, I mean, I love my life. So I would like to go back and be like, yes, if I, if I could have exactly the same life that I have right now, but have done one more year on a track scholarship to finish my master's, that is something that's, that is something that I didn't say yes to that still sits with me quite a bit. Even if I, even if it would have never happened, it, one thing I do regret is actually just the pursuit of finding out what that could have looked like. And still, I might have still come up with the same conclusion that it wasn't for me, or maybe I wasn't going to be eligible or, or whatever the circumstances were, but I didn't pursue it far enough down the road to give me any rest right now. So right now it's just this thing unturned in my, or like discovered in my life, if it was even going to be possible for me. So that's something that, uh, do not recommend my life advice there is to pursue the conversation at least as far or pursue the information as far down the road you can take it. So you can actually see if it's the right decision for you versus just sort of you know, blanket saying, no, I don't feel like it right now. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And then, I mean, the second one that I did pursue, but this one kind of, this, this part of it was never part of like similar to the option of the masters. It wasn't actually part of my plan. When I came home, um, I fell in love, um, with a, a fella here in Vancouver and he, um, we had a couple of really great years together, but he, um, passed away in when he was just 34, uh, to an incurable blood cancer. And, when he passed away, um, he had been, he'd been, he'd just started really writing about what was going on for him, not only physically, but emotionally as well. And after he'd passed away, I found, I was do, going through our stuff and doing some cleaning and I found um, a few diaries that he had written when he had first been diagnosed. And in the back page of one of them, he had written, publish this book when the time is right. So I didn't even see that as much of an option for me, whereas I just decided to start pursuing the writing. It took a few, I think I didn't start writing till about a year later, but that was something that I, there was, there was a message there for it to be realized. And it, I just took the responsibility of doing it. Um, So I didn't, that wasn't something that I ever, it it sat with me for a year more in the, how am I going to carve out time? How am I going to do this? But it was never a a thought of, am I going to do this? So that, that was a route that ultimately kind of a path that might've, the door was so wide, wedged so wide open that I had no choice but but to walk through it. It was just a matter of when and figuring out how, and it's changed the course of my life. I, I, my, my whole business has, uh, has grown or it was my business became a business after realizing what was possible when you can, do you decide to tell your story and you decide to put it out there in a way that appeals to other people. And now we're able to help other people doing the same, do the same. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely beautiful that you were given that gift to, to share his story and the way that it it came in too. Yeah. That it wasn't like, you know, it's a decision you were on the fence about, or it was like, no, this is happening, but just in the timing and how is it going to work? So, um, what were you doing before that point, like in your career? Oh, I was, um, I, I, when I came back from university, I worked for, uh, if you're Canadian, you know, about Cactus Club. So I worked, um, doing some of their front of house marketing. Then I moved over and I started working for the Olympics um, for a venue city here in Vancouver. Then I moved over and started working uh, for um, a, a health authority. I worked for BC Transplant and was doing communications and press for them and had a really, really great mentor while I was there. And that really allowed me to understand not only how to be a strong corporate communicator, but in healthcare communication, so much of what you share is about um, health stories and 
you know, people's personal experiences. So that's, there was some divine timing in there and how I was going to be able to communicate not only my story, but to do it in a way that would have been trained by somebody who was willing to give me the time um, to train me on how to do it. So, okay, so well. the, the, the writing was not, uh, the writing was not, uh, I'm going to quit my job and write this beside a, beside a lake somewhere where somebody's paid me a million dollars to uh, live this sexy author life like they, the movies lead us to believe <laughs> is a possibility. But um, rather it was come home from work, work out, eat dinner, open laptop, write a thousand words a day. Then wow. a year later I had a book. <laughs> So what was it like going through that process as you lost somebody who you loved and were in a relationship and then took their, their diary and their story and, and work through it to create a book? Like how was the, the healing process or what did that look like that grief? Um, well, it felt like there was, I could do something. Because when we're all in grief and you your your world gets sort of pulled from under you, everything gets really dark. Like the the what does my life look net look like now is you just can't see it. It's just black in front of you. So you you live every day, but you know it's the worst day for a long time, and then you can't see your future because that future is meant to be with somebody, or you can't imagine what your life is like without that touch point. So to actually be able to write eventually through that grief, it's you're able to do something the same way that if we ever know somebody who's going through like a really hard time, we always offer, what can I do to help you? Or is there a doing? Because it's, I think maybe it's human nature to, we want to keep moving and if we don't know how, are we, we're looking for ways to keep moving. And in my case, the moving had started through the writing, I think. So that and a beautiful network of friends and family who were like great to grieve with because everybody was going, we all lost somebody great. It wasn't just me who lost him. So we all just grieved together, but kind of kept moving at the, like we allowed ourselves to slow. We allowed ourselves to to move together a little bit. And then I was able to do something, which was the writing. So that was, um, I don't know if it was healing, but it was momentum, I guess momentum mm-hmm. through a patch of your life where you can't move. So wow, great question. Actually, I don't know if I've ever articulated it that way. So thanks for prompting that question in a way I haven't had to answer before. And that makes so much sense. I love that because, you know, when you're struck with grief and it just feels like you're in the darkness and you're sitting still and there's no way to step forward, that finding whatever it is to keep somehow the momentum moving forward, even if you're not healing through it, but just to, to keep moving so you can get to the next place. Like what a beautiful lesson to kind of come out of that doing something right Mm -hmm. and I'm too scared to get tattooed so I couldn't do that so (laughs) (laughs) so okay so this first book was this your first book to publish and then you said it kind of led you into business so while you were going through this process were you finding it hard to get this one out to the world or what did that look like um, I went into it pretty blindly with nothing but that vision of a Hollywood narrative about what being an author looks like. I'm going to like, I'm going to write this book. And then eventually the next answer will come to me. Maybe, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any blocks like, and this is probably, we could trace this back to childhood and how I was raised, but I don't have any blocks about how to figure something just am okay like I've been empowered my whole life I don't know you can just figure that out or you could talk to somebody and your answer will you'll figure out what your next step or your answer could be so so I I preface that where some people didn't grow up in a a household where anybody was entrepreneurial minded so the 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 leap to just figure something out is, is is harder for them whereas in my case I was just like I'm gonna write this book and then I'll figure out 
I'll just ask somebody the next step. (laughs) And so when I got to the, when I, when the book was finished, then the next step I had to, I realized like through reading for hours at the time, this was a while ago. So it was a lot of blog posts and YouTube videos that had the information that my option was, is I was going to go to a publishing house. Like Penguin Random House is going to pay me a million dollars to go write more next to a lake. And I was going to be very filthy rich and famous based on this one draft that I'd written. Doesn't happen like that. Rather, I recognized that in order to, for this manuscript and this story to be something that was strong enough, it would need to be edited. Strong enough to be consumed by anybody, whether that's a publisher or whatever the other route could be. So then I hired an editor. She was very junior, but it was a fresh set of eyes who was able to um, help clear out the story. There's a lot of extra stuff when you're purging your own story that makes it onto the page. So there was an initial editing round that just like just cleaned out the story. And then um, and then it was suggested that like maybe if I wanted to really pursue this, I would need to hire somebody who's quite senior. Long story short, again, piecing together this by like kind of, you know, I, I summarize it, but it's every four months, a new piece of information happens where you're like, okay, so now I get to do this. And then another four months goes by where you've moved your story along and you're like, now I need to learn the next thing. Ultimately I came to, I started looking around. I had some um, really positive feedback from publishers that I had sent the manuscript to but one of the things that that continued to pop up for me was that the there was a huge lag between my like my story was going to be ready and and when a publisher was going to be able to publish it and that was going to be anywhere between like two to four years based on their calendars and that wasn't that didn't feel right for me because the story it like needed out of my body and then now that it was out it was just I couldn't let it sit on the page for very long I needed I had a few people who were paying attention at the time and it just kind of felt like I couldn't wait because part of my moving on or moving through this this story needed to be done like I needed to have the book, the project needed to be completed for my life to continue, I think, because otherwise you're just sitting with a bunch of pages in this. Anybody who's ever lived with a manuscript or a story inside them, you're like, I need this to be a book now, because if it's not, it's just going to stay. It's just going to stay the same. Um, and I was in a new relationship at the time. Like it was just something that needed to be go faster now. So then I pursued these uh, some of the, uh, the thought of self-publishing. And at the time, this is probably uh, like 13 years ago now, that um, maybe 10 years ago, I can't, I can't even remember. Um, it was it, self-publishing was didn't have a reputation of like being something that one would do on purpose. Rather, it was a default option if you couldn't get a publisher. Um, and it had, it was still coming off of the reputation that, you know, publishers had put in people's heads that self-publishing was a vanity endeavor. It was, if you can't get a publisher, you have to self-publish. Whereas in my case, it was a choice. Like I could choose to wait or I could decide to do this on my terms, on my time. It's my story. So um so that led me to figuring out like okay so what does this look like how how what is the next step so now another chunk of time four months goes by we now start doing more research to figure out what options are available and I just kept coming up short on any companies that were able to be I just needed somebody I needed I was capable I had some press background I knew how to get stories out there I needed somebody to fill in some knowledge gaps for me and there wasn't a one-stop shop so that's typically how an entrepreneur will, um, you know, build something is the thing I was looking for didn't exist. So I had to build it. And uh, eventually what happened is, is that, you know, my book published it, it. I didn't make a company by that point. It, the company came a couple years later. I then wondered if that was a, a model that could be repeated after I, with the success of my book. And because my network of editors and designers had kind of started to expand at that point. And um, 
I decided to, at the time, like I mentioned, I was in a new relationship and now I had a stepdaughter and she and I, I, she wanted to write a children's book. So we started coming up with what this could look like, published two children's books as well. And those also had some pretty good success, especially for a book co-written by a nine-year-old. And um, that was when I really was able to wrap my mind around, I think this could be a business model that might be able to like genuinely help other people do publishing professionally without it being on a the trade world time so oh, I that love was a that. really long-winded answer no, <laughs> so good so good what did it feel like to actually see this book out in the world where you could like you said move through move forward you finally, after all of this time, put this out into the world. What did it feel like seeing that book? Oh, it's so emotional. It's so like I, there was, I had so much nervous energy that, that whole day when I saw the package arrive, like, cause it's, it's the literal definition of manifesting, right? You have something in your mind that you've thought of or dreamt of, and then you put it into action and now it physically exists into the world. Um, I didn't at the time when I first held my book in my hands, I didn't know how far it was going to reach. You like have a hope, but you never know like the actual practice of how far your story can go and what that feels like in conversation and when you walk around in your life. But it was extraordinary to hold it. I was so emotional. I really had a good sob because it was so much. There's so much wrapped into that story, both, you know, in the, having to do the work as much as it is your you know your love is in that story um we have a whole youtube series um with other authors and we just call it hold your dream in your hands and it's just a bunch of authors opening their books for the first time and it always is a little bit weepy oh i know i just like feel so emotional thinking about that like actually like the birth of your book, your baby, like in your hand, like it really is a labor of love that goes in into writing. And, you know, especially when it's a story, like the one that you had, like somebody else's words and your experience in it would make it like even that much more, I don't know, vulnerable and connected. And, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't know if it's like it for my I mean, I can only speak for my own personal experience. It I think it's le- it doesn't have as much to do with like what the content of the story is. It's like what went into it because we have fiction authors who have that same it's still so emotional for them to hold that book in their hands because it like some people say blood, sweat and tears. I believe like you know, book publishing doesn't require a lot of blood, but it does. I always, it, it ends up being a lot of love, sweat, and tears that goes into a book. And whether it's fiction, it could be a cookbook, it could be, you know, a business title, but everybody, every author knows how much work had to go into writing a book. It's so much work. So by the time it's, it's crossing a finish line, it's crossing a marathon finish line. You don't, you don't, it's, it's, it's the, endur- it's an endurance game. And when you cross it, it's hard not to be emotional. Oh, yes. And so through this process, you realize the gaps that were there and there wasn't the one-stop shop. So then you ended up creating your own business to help other people who were in your shoes stop at one place. And you kind of describe it too, that like they're in the driver's seat in this self-publishing world, but then they have access to these professionals. You had networked and had all these professionals now um, you know, in your back pocket. So how did that kind of start and unfold? I know you have, I looked at your site and you have tons of books that people have self-published through your agency. So what was that kind of like that process? Well, it's, it's been, it's been very fun because you start, cause what you want is similar to what I had is that you want people to feel like, or, or remain in control of their story, but the other thing I recognize is that you don't know what you don't know. You're entering into like most of these people are, are like I was, I worked, I work full time. I, I could probably fill in some knowledge gaps, but I like definitely don't want to step 
in some like really expensive potholes or if the story is really important to me, how do I make sure it actually has the most amount of success in the marketplace? Because I could probably whip together something unedited, undesigned, and just thrown it on Amazon and like hoped for the best. But that isn't professional publishing. That is a corner cut to be like, hopefully that's good enough. It's um, So rather, I wanted there to be a place where, as you said, somebody can be in the driver's seat, but they can have all of their, the things that they don't know about yet are already answered for them. So, and, and to put that into a total literal term, that would be, oh, I didn't even know I needed to get an ISBN number. And then I needed to have a barcode that associated my title with only that, like, that code so it could be sold in bookstores. I didn't know that. I knew Amazon said I needed that and they gave it to me for free, but I didn't know that could like hurt my chances of it being printed somewhere else. Like there's a, there was a sort of a cascading effect of knowledge that I didn't realize. And nor do I, we ever expect other people to have that knowledge. It's our job to make sure you, when you come to us that we are going to help get your book into the world professionally. And also without you having to do the heavy lift of, how am I going to do that? And I didn't realize I was even going to need to consider those things. Mm, one stop shop. Like small things, like a, t- <laughs> like a title check. You know, like I, when I was publishing, I never even thought, oh, should I just go and like see if there's an, a book with my title on there? I, I've, I finally did. But so often that just, you know, not a thought. Like right. just, how, you know, it's our job to make sure that we've, if there's a ball about to be dropped, we just are able to like pick it up before anybody notices and like put it back on the shelf. And you're like, we're, no, we're still good. This We've already thought of this. Don't worry. So. So when people are ready, like what, when would they approach you and your agency? Would they have like, is it like from day one, do they have the manuscript script or, or is it kind of like just um, different depending on different I think there's there's I'd say there's probably three groups of writers that come to us the first would be the writers who just have the idea and they just can't stop walking around with it and now they just need help to outline it and to actually put in the work but they still need some uh, guidance on the how to do the work or how to write put out a writing plan for themselves second group of people are are people who are in the process of writing they are currently like putting in the hours over, over the course of weeks or months to write their story, but their, their shower brainstorming has brought them to be like, maybe I'm going to start looking at publishing options now while I'm writing. Cause this is feeling exciting. And then the third option or the third group of people that come to us are people with completed manuscripts. doesn't mean they're edited, but it, they're, they're people who've spent the last year doing the writing and, and there isn't a better time to join, like to join in. It's just where you're ready to tag in a team member and be like, because it's lonely. So you're like, it's like, are you tired of being lonely? Do you want to talk to somebody about this? <laughs> so <laughs> at that point, that's where you like phone a friend. So <laughs> I love it. And what has been some of the most memorable feedback that you've received from these? Uh, basically, you allow people to put their dream out into the world. Like some p- these authors have you know, had this dream or like you said, this vision and manifestation, and then you help them put it in the world. So what feedback have you gotten from them that just like keeps you on fire, Um, keeps you going forward? Oh, every single time it, the, the feeling is, I mean, we've heard it so many times that people will say it's changed my life. I'm like, I'm a different person. I am. It's made my life better. Um, in some cases, um, I know you had um, Rennie Hayden on the on your your show a couple of weeks ago, and she's somebody who's she's like it's changed my life, but not in the way that you ever think. Like she's in her family, she is now known as the storyteller, and the people that the person in her family that come to people will come to her with stories and she'll be the one to create something for the children of their family, which is, that's not a, that's not a monetary marker of success, but that is, that is like to have your family view you in 
in a way that they never saw you and that is that they respect you in a different light or respect you more or whatever that is that like and that's just a an example of in like a non-monetary sales result of publishing um and then you've got other people whose lives have been changed because they've donated parts of their part proceeds to um, a cause that has made them has been more rewarding than they ever thought. Some people have seen sales success that, like you know, it's it's wilder than they it caught fire and they saw sales success that it hasn't necessarily changed. I don't know if it's changed their life financially, but it's probably changed. Um, the level of authority they have in the space. Um, and, and I use another example. We have an author who wrote a book on marketing called Lions in the Grass, um, Bill Morrison, and he, he got a really big contract um, after being uh, after talking about his book on a radio show. He got a really big um, corporate contract because he was now seen as this expert who, was able to tell his story and be charismatic about it. So it's um, it, the most rewarding part about the job is seeing like, like seeing people cross the finish line and then touching base with them in a couple of months or years. And you hear like how it's changed their life in ways. And it's always different. It's always different, but that is the, that is the gasoline to my rocket ship is, um, is hearing just how proud people are of themselves. Mm, and when you say that about Ronnie, like we, we met at a gathering, a family gathering a few months back. And every time that I see her, I'm like, okay, this is she, that's like her thing. Everybody gathers around her and all of the kids. And she is like this just vibrant ray that everybody's attracted to with her storytelling. And it's like the kids that are, you know, can be so disconnected into their tech, not paying attention. It's like all the kids of all ages, like gravitate and even the adults that were like just waiting for her stories because she is such an amazing storyteller. And we're just like, oh my gosh, give me more. It just so um, spreads, it like fuels us all as she's like just using her gift. To, um, so being seen like that by like family and friends and um after she's published, you know, her book and has so many stories to share is so cool. How that's, that's wonderful. I love hearing stories like that. Yep. It's, it's, it's such a rewarding job to, because it's, it's being alongside somebody finishing a marathon, but it's not me finishing a marathon every time. Right. So you get to see, you get to serve your, we're the pace bunny and letting somebody we're running alongside of them. And then you get to see the, the completion of that. So it's, it's so rewarding. And I, and thank you for sharing that about Ronnie. It's, it's fantastic. Okay. I have this question. Is there anybody that comes to you or is there anybody that has a book or an idea that is like, not, um, that you're like, mm, maybe this isn't one to publish or can, do you know what I mean? Like everybody's got a story, but do they all need to be published? Have you ever encountered anyone where you're like, maybe this isn't a book? I don't know. Um, no, not yet. Um, there's a few people that like who I would say the the books that we don't put our brand on or that we have a little bit of pause on are people actually it's it's less about the story and more about that they were they wanted to cut corners or their their the level of professionalism that they were able to invest or wanted to pay for, for example, was pretty like, you know, no, it's okay. I, I've edited it myself and I designed my own cover. I just need help with this one thing. So those are the titles that we probably don't, uh, we don't really talk about publicly for a lot of reasons, but, um, but on that vein, it's, I don't believe that we're in a corner of the publishing industry that we do not have to tell somebody that their story isn't like sellable because in so many cases, I one believe that story, like if you professionally publish and you hire a team of professionals, there should be no reason you can't sell a hundred copies right out of the gate. Like if it's well done and you've, you have a marketing plan behind it, that is, it's, 
100 copies minimum just to get you going. Um, but to answer the question is, has anyone ever come that's, you know, we like question whether it's a great story or not? It's yes, but in those cases, it's actually not for me to say that that story doesn't have a market because there's so many stories out there that, you know, people just, if you love reading and you love books, the, the, the industry isn't one like, oh, that story exists out there. We're just not going to do another one. Like think of the self, the self-help genre. You're never reading one of those books and being like, yeah, I'm helped. I'm good. And then just never read another one. <laughs> like you don't, it's not, it's, so whatever people are looking for in the in the book world, you, you there's there's audiences, there's readers for those stories. And then the second thing is, is it's also not for me to tell somebody, no, your book isn't good because I can make it good. The the thing is, is in those cases, someone's story it actually is published. It should be published if that's what they want because whether the, their book is going to be read by thousands of people it might not even matter to them because they needed that story out of their bodies so that's what matters in that and in those that like we're measuring success differently right but that it doesn't mean that one is better than the other because for some people the success is that I published a book and that was a huge accomplishment for me I needed that story out so that it's not for me to say no I'm not going to publish that book it's got a small market, you know, it doesn't, it would be, it's foolish and insulting to me to s tell someone that their story isn't worthy of other people reading it. Cause of course it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I love that you bring that to the forefront again. I've heard you say that a couple times about what it does for the person who is, is writing that it might not even be anything to do uh, with money, that it could be just um, persevering, showing, you know, believing themselves and persevering through to do the thing that they want to do, or to um, just get it out of their body, or to um, entertain a few people or give back to a cause or whatever it is, that a lot of times, yeah, it isn't the success that comes from it, isn't connected to um, the dollar signs. Yeah. And, and so often, like, I mean, our, our whole goal of publishing is that we want, we set authors up to be in a position that we, they, you know, if we are speaking about money and success, like our, our aim is to help authors earn their, earn their investment back within the year. Because, you know, if we're going to, whether, whether it is financial success that somebody is looking for, if you're going to invest in your story, we should also help you find a return on that investment. And the, most of the time that return actually comes as an emotional one, but we want to help you with the financial piece as well. But um, I get, I feel like I answer this question once a week for people who are, who are, who are interested in working with our agency. And the question is always like, so can you give us an example of a few successful authors? And then the moment I pose, well, tell me what success is because the, because I know that the initial thought is success equals sales numbers and or profit. But then you're like, well, what if somebody only sold 50 books, but they got a contract as a, you know, an established business coach for $50,000? You know, what's success? Is that book success or is that personal and professional success? Or what happens if somebody now gets asked to a grieving mother gets asked to speak on stage she might have sold 200 copies of her book but what happens if one of those people was the right person and puts her on stage so like is that success i don't know and that it, just it gave me definitely like full body goosebumps yeah because yeah. i also know people who like success isn't in the sales numbers success is in the like the credibility it gives them as a writer so, you know, somebody who it, it is not everyone's dream to end up on stage. That's an introvert's worst nightmare to be <laughs> asked to be put on stage. All they want to do is write. So if they were just like enough people are buying their books that they're like, oh, great. Enough people will read my next one. That's success to them. Don't put me on stage. <laughs> I would hate that. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. And like you said too, I feel like whoever it is, whether it's a coach or whatever you're looking for, there's so many people offering the exact same information. Um, but it is in the connection that you have with that person. For some people, it's Oprah. For some people, it's Ellen. For some people, it is Deepak Chopra. For some people, it is um, somebody else. But it's like whoever you feel that like energy connection with. So like you say the same with books. There can be basically the exact same book. You know, there's like a million self-help books and I want to read them all and I love them all. <laughs> Maybe not all yeah. of them, but you're connected to like, certain authors or there's certain energies. So some people, maybe if they're thinking about like, I have this story, I have this book, I have this, these words inside of me, but they're already all out there. It all already is all out there, but somebody will connect with your presence, your energy, the way that you, um, deliver your message. So, yeah, I think that is, and it's so true. And, and, and you're right. Cause it's, it's energy. It's how is that story similar enough to mine that I can resonate? Or is that story so different than mine that I'm still learning something? In some cases, as you said, like, let's use the self-help genre, for example, or, or even using like, you know, you know, business books, it's not as if that it's, it's the personal story that someone brings to a concept that makes it like, makes it something that lands for others. Right. And sometimes it's just the way that somebody explains it that like I've, I could have read the same concept five times, but if one person explains it in a different order or uses a different analogy or metaphor, sometimes that lands differently. And that's why that book needed to be there because now it's, it's more useful than the other ones I read or what have you. I mean, we've all been in relationships where our partner will say, be probably telling us something for that, like telling us one way and we just totally ignore them. And then, (laughs) and then a friend comes along and says it one way and you're like, exactly, I'm going to do it that way. So that's what reading does for all of us, right? Is it just, it it, it bends our minds to hear things in different ways that we can either agree with or disagree with. Um, Hence why there's allowed to be, you know, tens of thousands of books in a genre and we can, we can all learn from them. So (laughs) yes, absolutely. Um, What are some of your favorite authors? Oh, I can't pick a favorite child. Um, uh, but, (laughs) um, I, well, I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit about what I, what I've read lately that I really like rather than picking a favorite. Um, I like, I currently, so I, the, the fiction books that I'm interested in right now are, I like something that bends that like that's so quirky or that bends my anticipation or I just what didn't see it, it feels like a, an illusion like I'm like okay I didn't see this coming and then all of a sudden halfway through the book they change perspectives and now all of a sudden I'm being forced to be in the other character's shoes so stories that are told sort of from different per- dual perspectives are something that I'm I really enjoy right now in the fiction world um I am really enjoying I I toggle and genres all the time but right now I a lot of the nonfiction books I've been reading would be more would be more in the spiritual memoir genre I we've got a couple of authors writing in those ones so I've been reading in the genre to be able to see what other people are doing um and children's books because my daughter is a year and a half, anything that is brightly illustrated and has rhyming, those are the ones that are hitting the sweet spot for me right now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a book for everyone. And yeah, you can drop into, I love how you say that the dual perspective too. I feel like the perfect book comes at the right timing for you um, in the divine timing that you'll read through and get like the little message or the inspiration, or you'll be able to relate or see yourself in a book, or you can travel. I mean, I've traveled to Nantucket. I've read so many books that are set in Nantucket that I'm like, I need to go to Nantucket. I feel like I've already been there a million times, but yeah, (laughs) stories, storytelling and books are like, 
so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like that. Well, they're expansive, aren't they? Yes. Yes. And I, I was never, I wouldn't say I was, or I haven't been a reader for a really long time. I was in the business and not really, a, I don't feel like I was, I didn't read that much. And I, I, as much as I was helping other people get their books into the world, one of the things that I was often intimidated on a reader's front was that I felt in order to be a quote, a reader that I needed to read serious material or that I needed to be reading like autobiographies only or things about true stories. And I really put up a few bunch of blocks for myself. Like, you know, if I, if I haven't read, you know, anything by, like Eckhart Tolle that I must be just a total like fraud or if I hadn't read a like if I hadn't read Orson Welles I was a fraud but um rather I just started like I just you just start picking up books that you're like whatever speaking to you that you're like you know what I would rather I just want to read something fun right now and I now that I have allowed given myself permission to pick up whatever it doesn't matter what the genre it doesn't matter how fake a story is or how like honest a story is because what i've realized is that the that reading is as you said sometimes a, the right book will find you when you need to and other times you'll be like actually i didn't like that way that information was presented or that bothered me but that in and of itself is expansive because now you're like I actually don't enjoy how somebody articulated that or you got inside someone's mind and you didn't like what you read. But that is also like that is still making your own brain do that work and that exercise of like, why did I not like that? Or why is that story staying with me in not a positive way? But, you know, so reading does lots of cool things for people that, if you if they are able to not have the same blocks that I have and you allow yourself to read books that you didn't like and not every book has to be this profound life changer it might actually just help you because you're like I don't like <laughs> I don't like it when people talk to me like that in a book <laughs> so, right <laughs> like so I don't and but I learned something there right so yeah whereas some other people will like have their lives changed by a book like that I'm like ugh don't like how you talk so <laughs> oh my gosh I love it I love it all so is there anything right now that you are considering like how I said in the, the intro that there's some things that you're like okay there's this thing and I know I can't put it down and I just need to figure out the how is there anything else right now that you're currently pondering or considering that you're wanting to step into oh, or pursue next fun question thank you for asking um I right now we have just we're just crossing the start line we're not near the finish line but the thing that has been on our minds for a long time and we're in a position now to start um we're in a position to start exploring it in a serious way not just a blog post way um is uh adapting indie books into films and so we and there's a lot there's a lot to be learned about playing in Hollywood and we've just started doing that and it's a, and it's been on our it's been on our minds it's been a question that we've had to answer for a long time and now we're able to start where our puzzle pieces are clicking in um especially with one author recently that has generously allowed me to be a producer on the project Ashley Berry her memoir uh, waiting for rainbows has just been turned into a movie and we are now waiting to see what the final puzzle piece will be as as to where that book or that where that movie will be able to be seen is it going to be theaters is it going to be Netflix is it going to be prime and hopefully by the time this podcast gets released we will have that answer so so that wow. has been something that's been on so uh, that's been something that's been um, that is a door that we have like we're starting to just kick open a little bit to figure out how we can how we can bridge that knowledge gap for other authors and like create that opportunity for other stories to 
you know, expand even further after a book, getting them into the, the, into the movies as well. How incredible is that? Oh my gosh. I just, it's so fun, but like one door, like you have to be, you have to get yourself into one room. And then once you're in one room, you can now see, you know, we got into the book publishing game and now we're like, okay, what's the next door? And then somebody's like eBooks. So you like open that door and you learn about that or, in our case, you open the next door and you're like, oh, well, the next door could look like film adaptation. And then you got to learn about the people in that room first and then you can open the next door. But you can't be. It's a it's a it's a long hallway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's like one step in front of the other. Just having that that idea and and that knowing that it's like, OK, this is something I'm not going to let lay down. I don't need to sprint to the finish line. I can take it as a marathon and just put one foot in front of the other. And when I put one foot in front of the other, eventually you make it to the finish line and cross and then have this magical celebration or whatever it is. So I love that this is something that's kind of entered into, into your life. And it's like, who knows what could happen. Absolutely. And it, it is, it's very fun to see that you can just like every decision that you make, and I can only speak obviously to book publishing, but every decision you make makes you eligible to be in the next room. And then you become eligible after having all the conversations and the people that you've learned from, then now that make gives you the next conversation to have in the next room, but you can't, you can't uh, jump from one room to another you have to like kind of earn your way through and belong in one room first and then uh then because otherwise you'll get into the movie room and you're like I don't know what anyone is talking about (laughs) (laughs) well I'm glad that you've landed there that's super exciting and I'm super excited to to hopefully hear where this uh this movie is going to be viewable yeah me too oh it'll be all over our social once it happens so um, I'll, I'll look forward to sharing that with you. Very cool. Okay. Well, where can everybody find you, follow you, connect with you? If they've got this story, if they're somewhere in the middle of the process, how can they, uh, connect with you to see if working with you would be the, the perfect fit? Uh, we are everywhere on the internet for SEO purposes and simplicity purposes, <laughs> just the self-publishing agency, um, on Instagram, Facebook, regular websites. It's just the self-publishing agency. Perfect. That is easy. Okay. So yeah, if any of you have a story that's inside of you or has come out of you partially, or you have a manuscript and you're like waiting to get it out into the world to feel that success in whatever it looks like to you, um, then definitely connect with Megan. And I can't wait to see where your journey takes you next. So thank you for giving me the chance to talk about it. It's been wonderful to share it all and reflect. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of all things relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate review and subscribe.